0: Five, four, three,
1: two, one, zero. Ignition. Lift off. Hey, everybody. I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning for WorkinSports.com, and this is the WorkinSports podcast. Well, I'm not often one to get into self-aggrandizement. Okay, maybe a little, but I have to say this is a pretty proud day. On September 9th. 2017 we launched this podcast with the intention of helping guide young professionals into sports careers we aim to share advice insider knowledge seasoned perspectives and cover the journey of hundreds of people in their careers and what it's like to work at certain organizations now if you're paying attention I said September 9, 2017 so it's not like it's a three-year anniversary it is not now We'll get into what's important about today in a second. But the first ever guest on the Work and Sports podcast, and some of you old schoolers who have been here from the beginning, I'm thinking of you, Scott McDonald, Jake Kernan, James Ebo, Kelsey Smith, Carlton Robbie, Dazman Evans, Gary Pinson, and others that I'm forgetting, and I'm sorry, probably remember the first guest was Carl Manto, who was then the senior director of group sales for the Milwaukee Bucks. This today is episode 300. Of the show. All right, it's like confession. It's actually episode three hundred and one because my math didn't quite line up as I had planned. But don't get lost in the details. I'm on a roll here. Three years ago, Carl and I talked about the journey into sports via inside sales. Today, we're talking about new important subjects like mental health through a pandemic, group sales when there are no groups to sell to, and developing culture in a world that is distant and through computer screens. Now, while those subjects may sound depressing, I'm telling you, this conversation is not Carl is one of the most positive, insightful, and motivating people I know. He paints a picture of light with his words, sharing ideas that can make this time productive, efficient, and set us all up for future success and mental health. He highlights the good things, like the positive culture of working in sports and how we can all support one another's mental health with simple gestures. This is a podcast of positivity, rooted in reality. We aren't painting unicorns on the ceiling. We're seeing the silver inside the gray. Here's my guy, Carl Manto, who is now the senior director of group sales for the Chicago Blackhawks in episode 301 of the Work in Sports podcast. The returning champion is back. Carl Manto and I were just talking before we got started that the very first episode of the Work in Sports podcast was with Carl, my guy Carl, who at the time was with the Milwaukee Bucks. And now for episode three hundred, he's back. What's up, Carl?
0: How you doing? Uh Brian, it's great to be here. And uh yeah, dude, I'm I'm still humbled and I'm feeling incredibly honored to have been the first guest and a repeat guest. Um and it's been well, it's been three years since that since that happened. I've just been so impressed with how the podcast has grown, how the work and sports community has grown. And like, I, I, before we get going, man, I want to give a shout out to you. Like you have truly, oh, a thanks a lot of people not only get started there with their career in this industry, but people like me who are already in it, you've helped us become better at our craft through these interviews and through your advice. So huge shout out to you and thank you and keep up the great work.
1: That means the world, and thank you for that. I'm I'm humbled already. Uh, It's funny; the world has changed a little bit since the last time we talked. (laughs) I feel like we have some things to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so for you personally, uh, you were with the Milwaukee Bucks for Mm -hmm. about seven years, and then in February. You left to join the Chicago Blackhawks as senior director of group sales. Great move for your career. Everything's perfect. Awesome. But it's February and then March, the world turns upside down. So your timing kind of stinks. <laughs> um, but what's it been like starting with a new organization in like this world that where the world's turned completely upside down just a few weeks after starting? Like, what's that been like for you?
0: Uh, You know, starting a new job during a global pandemic is certainly interesting. Um, So I started the last day of February. So I was only in the office for three weeks. Um, And I only got to work two home games when the season was suspended. The work from home order went into effect. And then the day my wife and daughter and I moved into our new place, that was the day that the shelter at home order went into effect for chicago so not only is it weird moving to a new team while this is happening but moving to a whole new city and here we are several months later and we still have not explored chicago you know we've taken walks around our block and that's about it um <laughs> the result on the work front is you know that i still have dozens of coworkers that i've never met or yeah. i've only seen on a on a virtual call um, and Yeah, but like anything, you adjust, and like any new job, you do your best to learn the priorities of the organization and what you you can do to help them with them. Um, And while this is a new job for me, this pandemic and working from home, that's been new to everybody. Right, We've all kind of been in the same boat together.
1: Yeah. So we're in a re- weird part of the world for sp- sales jobs, especially in particular, for a decade or longer. Even though my background isn't in sales, for a decade or longer, I've been telling young people if you want to break into the sports industry, look to sales. That's where the opportunities are. And it's clear on our job board when you look at it too. Back in February, we had about 25,000 jobs on our job board and about half of those were in sales. So like 12,000 jobs that were active and recruiting in sales in various leagues, operations, organizations, whatever. Now we dropped down to about 8,000 jobs in April. We're back up to 16. So the trend is getting better, but there's only 622 jobs in sales. I mean, that's a huge discount from where we were. What do we, what do we tell all of those young professionals, guys like you and me, who they've been listening to us, we've been telling them to look at sales, we've been telling them to focus in this area, and now there's either no opportunities for them, or they've lost a job that they started. How do What, 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 what should we be telling them? What should we be doing to help them kind of persevere through this?
0: Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. And this is a weird time for the industry it's a challenging time and teams are doing what they have to do to keep their businesses afloat and it has resulted in pay cuts furloughs layoffs and a large percentage of those have been in sales um, some of the best salespeople I know are now out of work um, and I'm contacted weekly by sales reps asking you know other job opportunities and how to get into it and You know, the main advice I've been giving to people is, well, one, take care of yourself and your family first. Do what you need to do to get through that. It relates to getting back into sports. um, Use this time to stay as connected as you can and to network as much as you can. Because when the unpause button is hit and teams start hiring again, you know, how many sales directors will you have a personal connection with versus yours is just another name? and just another resume in a pile and you know if you're a recent graduate looking to start your career you know one suggestion i have is you know consider reaching out to sales directors and volunteering to do projects for them just do it for the experience and so you can list it on a resume Um, i just completed a, a project with six college students this past week where they spent the last two months researching like single game promotions around the industry Um, that the blackhawks might want to implement they presented last week and now they all get to list the chicago blackhawks on their resume and you know anything you can do to gain extra experience during this time is critical and you know speaking of resumes another bit of advice is that it needs to be pristine i mean it always needs to be but the talent pool is so flooded right now with sales reps that your sales your resume it better scream to the person reading it that you are the best candidate for the exact position you applied for like if you're just submitting the same generic resume to every single job you're gonna have a much tougher time of landing that job so what's your
1: what's your advice specific to resumes? Because I always tell people they should be customizing their resume for every job they apply to, because every job's going to have certain things they're emphasizing or certain things they need to highlight as their skill set. Um, but how does somebody in your view, like when you're looking at resumes, because you do a lot of hiring when mm-hmm. times are normal, how does somebody stand out to you? What kind of things jump off the page? Are there certain things they should be trying to emphasize or techniques or anything like that, that that would stand out to a guy like you?
0: I mean, almost every job that gets posted, like they tell you exactly what they want. Here's what's mandatory yeah. that you have. And here are the, the skills we hope that you have. Yeah, Your resume should only speak to those things and they should speak to them early. You know, we care more about the experience you have and bring to the table than necessarily like where you went to school per se, you know? So like if you're looking for a sales job, then I better see at the top of your resume, what sales experience do you have? And if you don't have much, which is fine. A lot of college students don't have direct sales experience. Show me something that you have the skill set to be a good salesperson. You know, you're good, comfortable speaking with groups. You're outgoing. You're, you've held leadership positions. Show me those things that say fit yeah. this role.
1: Yeah, I always tell people too. Like when you're early in your career, you don't have to be perfectly chronological. Like highlight those things that really work for the job. Like like if you had a internship with the Chicago Blackhawks last summer, but you worked at the mall during the school year, you don't have to put the mall thing first and then the Chicago Blackhawks second. Like put that Blackhawks thing up top, so I know it. I see it. I know it's there. Like you get away with that when you're early in your career. You don't have to be. We don't expect you to be perfectly in line for
0: date to date to date. No, oh, you nailed it. I like differentiating. Like, I put related experience, yeah. in my topic up, you know, and, That's then, good. and then I go into other experience and then I put, like, education and other stuff down at the bottom. Yeah, that makes
1: a lot of sense because I see that all the time. It's like I see somebody's resume and they have, like, where they worked in the mall, they worked at their dad's law office, and then the third thing is, like, the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm like, wait a second, you
0: buried the lead here, you know, get that up top. Uh, so <laughs> things, you know, like... It's to, if, if it's an entry level sales position or if, if it's not a management position, it should still be one page. Yeah. And you're right. Don't bury the lead. Like, don't bury the best stuff. Like, you shouldn't give equal treatment to every job. Like, expand the ones that show experience. And then, you know, okay, just mention you had another job. But if you were a fry cook, great. I don't need you to tell me <laughs> you did your job. Um, but if you're promoted from basic fry cook to head fry cook, show that because that yeah. shows you're a hard worker and you are recognized for it.
1: Yeah. And you may have led, you may have led other people and had to run a team or had different responsibilities. Like, of course you can exemplify and highlight certain things. Uh, so, okay, let's jump into where we are right now. I know you can't predict the future. I'm not expecting that of you. Uh, the NHL is in its playoff bubble right now, which I kind of like because I get to watch hockey at like 11 o'clock in the morning, which is kind of fun. Um, It looks like the next season is slated to start in December, and, of course, everything's fluid right now and things can change. Um, Has the conversation in your world started to shift to how to bring fans back into the arena versus where it was always if, if they could bring somebody back? Or are we still in that mode where it's like we don't know what's happening come December?
0: I mean, I can only speak for the experience with my team, but for us, the conversation has never been if. It's always been how and not just how do we bring fans back, but it's how do we bring people back to the arena? You know, all the full time, all the part time employees that are essential to a live sporting event, as well as the fans. You're right. We don't know when we're going to be able to have fans in the building again, when it's going to be full arena again. But we're confident that it will happen at some point. So we have to operate and prepare that way. You know, looking at the United Center, which is where the Blackhawks and the Chicago Bulls play, you know, we've already installed sanitizing stations. There's a temperature check to get into the building. Uh, there's new traffic patterns of how people can enter and exit. Um, and there's, they're implementing all these steps in anticipation of when the green light is given to safely return for games.
1: See, I love hearing that because I hate to admit this, but our school district isn't going to that level. You know, like I'm, we're not going to try to turn this into that conversation, but like I have three kids, and I wish that they were talking about the things you just mentioned at our school. So it's great to know that there are very proactive organizations out there that saying safety is going to come first. We're going to do everything we can to keep our fans safe and monitored, and that means keep our employees safe too. So I, I I love hearing that. So I have to imagine again, you were new with the Blackhawks, so maybe your experience was slightly different at the beginning, but. I kept early on and I'm not trying to be flippant. I'm not trying to be like funny about this, but I kept early on in the pandemic when we didn't really know exactly what was going on or how long it was going to last. I kept envisioning that scene, the early scene from Jerry Maguire where Tom Cruise is running around trying to call all his old contact, all his clients and hold them on and like, please like I'm still the right guy for you. And like, he's trying to beg them to stay. And I kind of envisioned that's what sales floors were like across the entire United States where everybody was like, don't flee, don't get going we're going to come back. Don't worry. I mean, was it really crazy there for a period or was it always kind of, you know, planned and processed and, and you guys had it under control. Did you feel like, well, first Brian,
0: a Jerry Maguire reference, uh, you're, you're showing our age
1: <laughs> know, right? for all the young people listening. Jerry Maguire was a movie.
0: <laughs> uh, was it crazy? Honestly? No. Um, it was incredibly slow at first because, none of us were really sure what was happening or how long it was going to happen. So our immediate response was to not make frantic phone calls. Um, in fact, we had liked to do as few phone calls as possible because, you know, we understand that sports is entertainment and it's not a necessity. People were, had much bigger priorities than the status of a ticket package. So, I mean, that's just being real. And so we wanted to respect that early on. So, we chose in the early days internalizing Uh, how do we make ourselves how do we make our business better Uh, sales training skill development program assessment new programs and the reps did a lot of active prospecting and then over time we started to do some check-in calls uh, with our customers not to sell anything but just to see how they're doing and as we made these calls we were pleasantly surprised um, people were eager they wanted to talk about sports you know they wanted that familiarity and a lot of times they just wanted the distraction so based on that that is when we started to shift and we started going more proactive and started making new business calls and we launched our renewal campaigns and you know we've been in that mode ever since now the, the tone of our conversations those have changed and you know the reps find themselves hearing interesting, some heartbreaking stories, some positive stories of hope. And we're managing the situation as best we can, you know, just like everybody else is. Yeah, it's
1: strange. Uh, I think there's some benefits and some really great things that have come out of this period. I think that a lot of ways we've all taken stock of where we are and what's important in our lives and all those different kind of parts of our life and our business. I've also noticed there's like been a a breakdown of walls somewhat between organizations and competitors. Like there's almost a way of redefining it now. I can't tell you how many people I've talked about that doc e- to that even in this time of of social isolation that they are professionals in marketing or operations or technology and social media and they're they're having these group sessions together and it doesn't matter that they work for a competitor. It doesn't matter that they're somebody in the same market or whatever. Like everybody's kind of coming together and having these sessions where it's almost like I don't care that you work for my competitor. Let's connect and chat through some ideas. Are you seeing the same thing? Is it almost this like collective nature of everybody kind of working together and seeing less of this competitive dog-eat-dog kind of environment?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the pandemic is obviously a horrible situation. None of us want to be in this, but we are. So we need to adapt as best we can. And one of the ways we've done that is we're using the available technology to talk to each other. And, you know, we're connecting with our peers and to brainstorm, share best practices, and sometimes just event or collectively share what we're all going through. Um, the NHL has started hosting virtual meetings for like all the teams together. Um, so all sales directors, and they'll break it down in individual like departments. Um, some of our vendors, some of our partners are hosting webinars and educational series. So everyone is, is really coming together and You know, teams are doing a lot of stuff on their own. I want to give a big shout out to our group manager, Matt Brooks. You know, he set up sessions between our sales reps and the Knicks and Rangers, the Florida Panthers, the Avalanche, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Chicago Cubs. And it's been awesome to see the reps engage, and interact. You know, as a manager, I get more opportunities to network and, and interact with people across the industry. But individual sales reps don't always get that experience, you know, the experience. And so this has been an opportunity and it's taught us that we can and should be more connected. And, you know, that's one of the many reasons I love working in sports, right? It's because contrary to to what people expect, it is way more collaborative than it is competitive. You know, the competitions, we leave that on the playing surface. Mm -hmm. That's for for the teams. Behind the scenes, once you get off the ice, for the most part, we support each other the best we can. We want each other to be successful. You know, I've spoken to so many different teams at every level you can imagine during this time, and it's been great. And even moving to a market like Chicago, where the competition could be considered fierce, you know, there's a lot of players in the sports and entertainment world. Rather than being divisive or distant, as soon as I got here, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Bears, Northwestern, the Chicago Sky, like they all reached out to me to welcome me to the market. Uh, And so we... I'll be able to meet them in person in the not too distant future. Yeah, that's really cool to hear. Uh, one of the things I really like about you is
1: that you're an avid writer as well, and you share a lot of your experience and knowledge to anybody willing to read and listen. And I know a lot of people do read and listen to what you have to say. Uh, that's why I brought you on as my first guest ever is because I knew you just had a point of view that you were in, a, in an attitude towards willing to help and share. So it's really cool having you back on again. And and part of the reason I was inspired again is because you you shared another great article on LinkedIn, which um, I'm going to make sure I get it right. You typed it, which I love, Selling Groups When You Can't Gather, which is a pretty solid headline. i have to give your wife credit for that because I'm sure you didn't come up with it. <laughs> um, so why were you inspired again to, to get out there and share on this particular subject?
0: Well, honestly, I hadn't written anything in a while, um, and it, it had kind of been bugging me, but it was in the back of my head I should be doing it, and especially during this time. I'm like, oh, you have more time, you should write, and I just wasn't doing it. I like that spark, but then a couple weeks ago, I had a conversation with my boss, Dan, And like I routinely do, I was asking him, what else can I be doing to contribute to our team? And among the things we discussed, one of them, he was like, you know, Carl, one of your best strengths is connecting to people and keeping up with our industry. So please continue to do that. And that just got me thinking about all the conversations I've been having with, you know, sports and sales professionals and the same topics, questions, and fears just kept coming up. So... Uh, you know, if we're all having them, might as well share them. Um, and I think it goes back to that point about competition versus collaboration. If we want to be successful, we got to share. So this was my small way of trying to get people to know, like, you're not doing this alone. I'm experiencing the same things you are. And here are some ways that might help you get through it. Carl, you
1: wrote for us years ago, actually, a uh, insider's guide into what it's like working in inside sales. And to this date, we get so many people reading that article and, and telling me, oh, my gosh, I had no idea what I was getting into. But this prepared me and made me feel more comfortable. And it's really amazing. You and I were talking a little bit beforehand. It's really amazing when you start to realize that your writing or your words or your being in an interview like this is really positively affecting people, so uh, keep keep writing. That's my, my pledge to you that you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, in the article, you broke down the current status of group sales into three major components. You said prioritize, examine, and act. Uh, let's start with prioritize. Why is this a point of emphasis right now in sales and in group sales in particular?
0: Well, I mean, it's no secret. The, the strongest companies in any industry are the ones that have short and long-term goals and strategies. And then they constantly prioritize to make sure that they both the short and long-term are getting executed on. So with respect to prioritizing ticket sales, honestly, it depends on the state of the sport you're in and the state of the team that you work for. Um, you know, in the NHL, we're working towards next season. I mean, baseball is obviously in a different situation and MLS is in a different situation, but for us, You know, we're hoping to be in front of fans and playing again in December. Um, So right now, and we're dealing with a smaller sales staff, just like a lot of teams are. So with the limited resources, we're having our team specifically focus on season tickets. You know, season tickets is the engine that drives this car. And without it, we can't go anywhere. So we want the reps dedicating their time to retain our customers and trying to get new ones uh, on the season ticket front. Um, And so the sales leaders have had to shift their responsibilities, like, while the reps are are engaging the customers, let us do what we can to manage all of our other product lines and engage the other customers of our other products while this is all happening.
1: I have to imagine, like, I know I'm going off track here again, but I I have to imagine that once things get kind of greenlit, like, there's a vaccine, there's a whatever, there's decisions made that it, there's safe treatments, whatever, whatever happens when we get back to a sense of normalcy, is the hiring of salespeople just going to be complete madness? Like, is it going to be just like, oh my gosh, we got to get like 15 more people in here. Like stat, <laughs> is it going to be crazy?
0: That's a great question. Cause I mean, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know because it depends how we come back. If we come back and it's a limited capacity, seating yeah. capacity situation, then you may not need as robust of a sales staff um or if it's no it's all in and you know if you're a team that you know going through renewals is eye-opening if if you didn't renew at a high level then you're going to need more sales reps to help fill the empty seats but if, if you did renew at a high level that can then some teams may determine they don't need as many sales reps to keep their business moving forward so you know you use the word fluid earlier and that i mean that's the best way to describe it it really is kind of a wait and see and take it as we go uh, so hard to prepare this
1: way. For a lot of us that like to think six months in advance, this is really, really tough to because you cannot know. You just have no idea what it looks like. Uh, okay, so in your article, the next component is examine. And I think this was probably your favorite segment because you definitely went into a lot of great detail in here. Um, so is that one benefit of the current pandemic is that you have a little more time? to evaluate the systems and the processes you are currently use and you can set up future programs and successes? Because we always talk about how sports is a 365, 24 seven type deal, you're always grinding. Right now where things are maybe paused a little bit, is that a benefit where you can finally get into the weeds a little bit of your own processes and say, here's where we can improve?
0: Yes, and I had the extra benefit of, I was brand new to the job. So whenever you take a new role, one of the very first things you do is examine the current state of the business. Um, So my brain was already in that mode when I took this job, Uh, but then you add games are suspended, so you're not working game nights anymore, and now you're working from home. Yeah, it freed up more time to dive into the business, question why we do the things we do, and then do research and talk with peers around the industry to see if there are better ways to do them or if how you're doing is really good. Self-assessment is not always easy, but it is necessary. And you're correct. It was my favorite part of the article to write. Uh, (laughs) In my first draft, I just started listing like bullet points. Like, here are some ideas I have. And... Can you hear my kid yelling in the back? Yeah, it's
1: totally fine, though. I mean, this is a Zoom world we live in, right? I mean, kids are yelling. I've been
0: quarantined with a two-year-old going through the toilet.
1: <laughs> it's totally fine. We're not editing that out. It stays yeah. in. I want to hear your daughter almost more than I want to hear you. Yeah. No, I'm okay. <laughs> uh, you
0: kidding. Know, when I first started writing the article, I'm like, okay, boom. Just start spewing out all the ideas that you've had during this time. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Put your teacher hat on. That's not the best way to teach is just to dump information. So rephrase it, put it into questions. And so like I intentionally made them questions and I only answered a handful of them uh, so that people could think specifically about their own situation and find their own answers.
1: Yeah, was there a certain thing that jumped out to you as you talked to other teams? You talked to other people in different leagues. Were there certain things that you're like, okay, this is where a lot of us are really putting our emphasis right now in analyzing our business,
0: or was it kind of different from team to team? It grew into everything um, because that that's where, where I was in. Like, I started start with what's closest to you, right? Like, so I'm a sales manager. Let's start with our sales reps and what are we good at selling? What do we need help selling? What's our strongest product lines? Um, And then what skill set do the reps need? So that went into training and growth and development. Um, And then it started turning into, you start thinking bigger and like, okay, if we move forward with a smaller sales staff, how does that impact your business? So for me, I started thinking like, okay, we're going to need, we have to automate more because we don't have as many people on the phones to contact customers so what are some portions that we can make more efficient and we found there's some things you just can't like you you stick with it but then it led me like okay let's research are there third-party vendors are there different ways of doing things are there different tweaks to our own systems that we can implement to make the business better and then that just opens up this whole pandora's box okay Mm -hmm. Well, if we do that, then that's going to impact pricing. Well, then let's talk about pricing. But if pricing changes, well, that's going to impact our benefits. All right, let's start talking about benefits. And one of our benefits is the fan experience we deliver. Well, how does this impact fan experience? And it just kept going on and on and on. Yeah, it gets pretty complex after a while, after a while, I'm sure. So we
1: don't often associate like creativity with sales. You think of creativity and you think of content jobs. You think of social media jobs. You think of graphic design or things. But really... Sales is often about creative problem solving, um, coming up with new events, new value adds, new pricing plans, new staffing and roles. In this era right now, is creativity one of those really valuable attributes amongst organizational leaders, just to be able to kind of look at things differently and maybe attempt a different approach? Or, I mean, that creative approach to, this is a big problem we're all facing. If you have the ability to look at different ways of solving it That's a huge attribute, right?
0: I agree. I wouldn't just say it's valuable. I'd say it's essential. Um, But the good thing for us is that it's always been essential. And, you know, we always face different and unique challenges, and they always call for innovative and creative solutions. And, you know, you're right. None of us have ever faced anything like this. Uh, This is where I got to give a shout out to, you know, group sales reps and group managers Uh, because by our nature, group sellers tend to be more creative. You know, we are the primary creators of theme nights and appreciation events and youth athletics and school programs and fan experiences. And, you know, we're constantly using our creativity to push the industry forward. You know, many organizational leaders and sales managers, thankfully, like they have experience working with groups and selling groups and marketing. So when a thing like a pandemic happens, we can work together and being creative to get through it i mean you mentioned the nhl bubble i mean look at that man the nhl is playing in two bubble cities the nba is playing in one and the sheer volume of creativity and logistics required to pull this off is staggering but we're doing it and yeah there's going to be hiccups but we're making progress And then outside of, you know, games being played, like I've just been so inspired at how this industry has done so much to support our communities during this time. I mean, there's countless examples of, you know, recognizing frontline heroes and helping families in need and creating educational content. And, you know, one quick example, you know, the United Center, again, where we play, they basically converted it into a warehouse and they use the arena floor. We over 26,000 boxes of food were stored there for Chicago food pantries early on in the pandemic. And, you know, that's a practical way that sports can help. And then, you know, one of the great things of sports in and out of pandemic is that we can just bring smiles to faces and warm people's hearts. And I don't know if you saw the video, I'm sure you did of last week, the Phoenix suns did a video for their player introductions mm-hmm. in the pool, and they had their family members introduce the players. Like, Man, that brought a tear to my eye. I just wanted yeah. to see something like that, and that's the power of sports. You know,
1: I want to dovetail into this because I, I, what you're saying and what I'm feeding off of is like salespeople that I know are always very focused on the joy and fulfillment they can bring to others. Like, there's a great positivity in that service entertainment that's what every salesperson I talk to really loves. That's the part that they love to see, seeing the people they sell get into a high five line or they're on the court or they're just loving their game day experience or it's a church group that's having the time of their life or whatever it is, like that brings true joy to the salesperson. How can salespeople who gain their energy from this positivity, I guess you could say, how can they maintain their own mental health during this? Because I feel like, that is a gap that is missing for so many people across all industries. But really I, I look at those who like really thrive off of those positive experiences. And I think about their mental health through this from a, from a personal standpoint standpoint for you or just from others that you're in contact with, how does somebody replace that energy?
0: Well, I mean, first thanks for asking and bringing this up, because mental health is an important topic and it does need to be talked about. I mean, I think a common thread through all of our conversations so far has been about change. And with change comes stress and comes anxiety. I mean, I feel it in my work, in my home and, you know, and not to get too dark, but like I've lost people to COVID now. And I have friends health that is permanently altered because of this. And, you know, now I live in Chicago and sadly we have experienced riots and looting. And I mean, yes, it's directly impacted our business, but even worse, I have coworkers that live in these areas yeah. and some have been barricaded in their house and afraid to go outside. Now I say all this not to be too negative, but because these things are real and they are happening. And so we can't just dismiss them and we can't just acknowledge that they, you know, we have to acknowledge they have an effect on our mental health. So first, I mean, I strongly encourage if you're experiencing any anxiety, stress, please talk to someone. There is no shame in talking to someone about this stuff. Um, But to bring the mood back up a little bit, I mean, listen, there's always going to be ugliness in the world, but there's also countless reasons to be happy and to find joy and to bring it to others. Um, As it relates to yourself, I mean, little things go a long way, like a daily routine, like a workout, you know, cooking, hobbies, uh, but then just social engagement, you know, at the Blackhawks, one way we, we've been trying to bring joy to each other or at least bring smiles to our faces is, you know, we've done things like the virtual happy hours and trivia contests and scavenger hunts, And um, we've hosted a series of Q&A meetings between the sales team and a guest speaker. So like just this week, we had the general manager of the team talk, team president spoke. We had Hall of Famer, hockey legend, Eddie Olchek spoke to our Very team. Nice. Uh, We've done fun things a couple weeks ago during our morning staff call. uh, We surprised a few reps with the sales managers were standing on their front doorstep with a six pack of beer for them. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Keep it light. Uh, One of our managers, Andy, uh, he got the Blackhawks PA announcer to record a personal message uh, for each of the sales reps. So we can play that now when sales are made and, you know, we just, we shake it up. One of my favorite things, we did a thing, we did Blackhawks Got Talent, and we did a, a voluntary virtual talent show, and I was blown away. I was blown away by the talent. I mean, we have in our midst, singers, magicians, cooking <laughs> demonstrations, and, you know, they got to showcase skills that we may not have otherwise seen, you know, if we weren't in this situation. And, you know, like, long story short, well, yes, it's important to focus on your job. I think it's more important to focus on yourself. And the people you share your time with, um, I mean, anyone that's worked in sports, they know. Like your coworkers are your family. Yeah. And um, you know, my group team at the Bucks, we had a saying: like individually we suck, but together we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> like t-shirts made. I'm even looking at a custom painting that my team made for me as a going away present with that phrase on it. And you know, while it's meant to be funny and lighthearted, like. We took to we took to heart the power of togetherness. And it's my daily reminder to just be there for the people that are important to you. I
1: actually think, okay, so let's dig into this because I actually think a lot of times people will try to tell me, oh, I don't I don't want to work in sales. Sales isn't my thing, or I don't want to be cold calling, or I don't want to be doing this. And even when I try to tell them, like sales are where there's a lot of jobs, but also Let's forget about that for a second. Listen to the culture that you're talking about. Listen to the environment that you're expressing and sharing. Like, this is a great work environment. And and people, like, don't realize and don't understand how to cherish what it's like to work with a sales group like this. It is so supportive. But also, like, think about the things that you just listed off. Like, that's fun. Like, what kind of jobs exhibit that kind of an atmosphere and culture? Like, how important is it for you as a manager to keep
0: pushing culture as a
1: part of the workforce?
0: It's everything. Um, I mean, you you can't create culture, right? You know, but you can hopefully create an atmosphere where it happens on its own. And I mean, yes, we're in sales. So we have quotas and deadlines and goals that we have to hit. And there is a stress that comes with it and a lot of rejection. Um, and so we know that. So you have to counter it. And you have to bring people up and boost them up and prepare them as much as possible, but you also got to make them laugh. And you got to reward and recognize people for doing good work. And sometimes that is like straight up just giving rewards and acknowledgments. Sometimes it's doing something silly and fun, you know? And and I, I think if you can find the balance between the two, you're gonna have an environment that everybody wants to be in and nobody wants to leave. And I mean, even during a situation like this where times can be tough, they can seem overwhelming. um, You also have a sense that my team has my back and they know I've got theirs and we're going to get through this.
1: Let's finish up with this. The final section of your article, you talked about a commitment to act and. You also made clear in that your your suggestion to control the controllables. And I think that's an important concept. It's something we talk about a lot and stress as well. How important is that idea in your mind to stay focused on what you can accomplish versus what is out of your control?
0: I mean, I can't stress that enough. Like, let's think outside of sports for a second. Like, there is so much happening in the world right now with you know health and safety concerns and job loss and financial uncertainty and politics and social justice reform i mean like it can get overwhelming and it can consume you if you let it so you want to control the things you can control to get yourself through it and i think it goes back to what we talked about earlier with prioritizing you know what is important to you in your life and in your job and then what are the necessary steps You have to take to make sure you meet those priorities. So my approach has been like if I can break those down into smaller things that I can tackle a little bit each day, I can get through each day. You know, and usually I can get through with a smile on my face and I can look forward to the day ahead. Yeah, I've been trying
1: like every day to give myself at the beginning of the day, I write down four or five things. And it's like if I can accomplish these four or five things, today was successful. And if I accomplish more than that, great. Or if other things come up that I need to handle, so be it. But if I get these done, we're off to a good start. Like that, and you have to give yourself those kind of moments to say, "I was productive today, I was successful today," and give yourself a pat on the back for that. Because it's easy to get overwhelmed by everything right now. And when you focus in on what you can control, you just you feel
0: like you got your arms around it a little bit better, right? I agree. But, you know, it's also okay to give yourself a pass once in a while. <laughs> yeah, like the rest of this afternoon. Um. <laughs> in sports, that's the definition. I mean, things come up all the time. Things change, and, and you got to pivot. So the four things I wanted to do today, I'm not going to get to them, but I'm not going to forget about them either. Like, I'll, I'll yeah. get back to them. I'm just reshifting what I focus on.
1: Carl, this is great, as I knew it would be. Thanks again for jumping in here, our uh, first guest and our 300th guest. So this is pretty amazing to have you back on again. Uh, Such great information for all of our audience. And uh, I guess, I mean, maybe we'll have you back before episode 600. Um, (laughs) We won't wait that long next time, but congratulations to everything with the Blackhawks and uh, good luck with getting everything back to normal.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate that. All the best to you and your family. Keep up the incredible work. Thank you for having me back. And thanks for all that you do for, All of us that are fortunate enough to call this our career and our industry. So thanks, man.
1: Thank you to Carl for coming on the show again. I really have a great connection with Carl when he and I pick up and talk again. It always feels like just, you know, getting into a good, friendly conversation and really supporting one another and our messages and our goals to help others. Carl is one of those people and you'll find them in your career and in your life who genuinely wants to help. And I think that's such an important thing to tap into and I hope all of you are connected with him in in LinkedIn on LinkedIn even if you aren't like interested in working in sales he's a great resource to see what he is up to and sharing, and he's very creative and shares a lot of cool ideas. So he's a part of our private Facebook group. Matter of fact, he gets in there a lot and gives people advice in their process. Somebody posted on our private Facebook group one day, I'm going to for an interview for a sales job. This was, you know, pre-COVID, but uh, what do I do? How do I prepare? What do I want to do? And Carl gave him like six incredible ideas. Like you're getting advice from the senior director of group sales for the Chicago Blackhawks who has tons of experience in the industry, having worked for the Cavaliers and the Bucks and he worked in the NHL and he's just been around and he really knows a lot of people and what it takes to work in sales. So he's the kind of guy you want to connect with. He's a kind of guy you want to learn from and understand. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you continue to listen to more into the future. We got many more to come and many more interesting and exciting topics to cover. So thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you for subscribing and sharing and writing positive reviews wherever you listen it means the world to me and to us as a brand at workinsports.com the number one job board for the sports industry we're on the climb back up people jobs in sports are coming back right where our numbers are climbing steadily and that's a good thing for all of us so join our site know what's out there get your butt back to work we're working or whatever you need and keep wearing a mask thanks everybody